Welcome, fellow Frieds, to another episode of Generally Fried. I have some sad news to share with you. This is Jacob coming to you with the truth, the sad truth. Our podcast was corrupted. Midway through, our podcast sounded terribly. I'm very sorry for the cut of the podcast, but it was too good of a podcast for me not to release what we had recorded. So, yes, this is an incomplete podcast. But I hope it is enough to interest you and to make you want the guest to come back on. So hopefully you really enjoy this podcast and hopefully the guest really enjoyed her experience here. And it will happen again and will be recorded perfectly. I think it's because I ran out of too much. I ran out of space on the hard drive and, you know, it is what it is. Mistakes happen and... uh It just gives us another chance to make that podcast a little bit better. But here, right now, is the podcast and what was saved through the recording. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Generally Fried. Uh, We're coming to you today on the 3rd. We're recording this September 3rd, and on a Saturday, big thanks to everybody in the room for making this happen on a Saturday, beautiful Saturday. Uh, I do have some people in the room, but before that, this is Jacob Bernardi and my co-host. Hey, Cam Reese. And uh, everybody go visit the Instagram at Generally Fried. We need some, some interaction from you guys because we love it, and it helps the show, promotes the show, and grows the show, so... Get involved on Instagram, and today we have two guests for you in the studio today. And a one that has previously been on the podcast early, 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 early episodes, you know, and uh, has supported us throughout the whole podcast is uh, my girlfriend, Kelsey McGregor. What's up, guys? Good to be <laughs> back on. <laughs> Glad to have you again. Uh, our second guest, because we have two today. Big, big episode. This is a landmark episode. Yeah. Two guests Say in the room. Say that again. Yeah. This is a landmark episode. <laughs> two, two guests female. in the room. Two female. Have we ever had four on? No. I don't think not, so. Not in studio. The, when oh, we had, yeah. When we had four on with Lucas and Austin. He was a call. He was in Maine. Yeah, yeah he was in Maine yeah. on the phone. Gio and I, we've done. We've all done a four. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that was on Crossroads. Oh. I was on Crossroads. So and that was and our, the van, too. Yeah, but it was on Crossroads, right? Uploaded to Crossroads Travel Podcast. Um, but moving on from that, our fourth guest in the room is Erica. Hi, everyone. I'm so <laughs> grateful to be here today and excited to share. Yep. Just a little closer to the microphone, almost like you're, you're going to eat it. Oh, okay. <laughs> You got to be like <laughs> right, right on that circle because the microphone's a little bit behind the circle. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Is that better? Much better. Much okay, better. awesome. Hi, guys. What's up, Erica? Uh, we're, we're very interested to have you on the show today. I, I was very interested to have you on the show today. Um, the other two people in the room just met you, but we previously met at the Crafty Crust, and uh, it, was, it was just a good talk, and I figured I'd have you on the podcast. Um, what, do you, what do you do for work, Erica? So, first of all, I just want to say, like, I don't view anything I do as work. Um, nice. That's the best way to view it. <laughs> yeah. It's a big misconception people have. You know, it's an easy question to ask like what do you do for work but I always say I don't do anything in life nothing not one single thing that I actually am not fully aligned with with my heart and my greatest joy 
Um, so what I do for my passion, what I do for my joy is my big girl job, as I call it, is I'm a vibrational medicine practitioner, mm. um, which is an incredible journey that's been a part of my life for the last 20 years. And then I also run a really beautiful medicinal herb apothecary online called Mystic Moon. Um, I'm an herbalist, so that's kind of like my way to give back to society and level up people's health in a very metaphysically medicinal way. And then my third big girl job is I am what I call the connection and reflection coordinator at Crafty Crest, which is an awesome local mom and pop um, craft kitchen pizza shop in Sequesta, Florida. Woo woo! Best hey. pizza ever. It is. It, you guys have good <laughs> beer on draft too. Thank you. I yeah. do all the beer picking actually. Nice. Yeah. All the beer picking. And previously we learned that she doesn't drink alcohol. How That's does that right. work? So how do you pick them if you don't like test them? So I like to remind people that honestly, when you're aligned with your imaginative self, with your imagination, that you are flowing with your intuitive self. So imagination and intuition go hand in hand. And a big part of it is I look at the names of beers. I mm. actually pick really fun, you know, higher consciousness, vibratory names. Um, I do my research also because a lot of picking beers um, has to do with understanding the difference between a lager and an ale and an IPA, things of that nature. And then when in doubt, I ask our customers, like, what do you guys like drinking? Um, I do take a sip test of everything so I can okay. properly describe the taste palette to our customers. But I'm not sitting down drinking a whole beer. Yeah. You're doing it like a sommelier where you just gargle it a little bit and then spit it out? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's like a, a beer taster. Like a beer sommelier? Yeah, like a sommelier, but like for beer. Exactly. But mm. I don't know what it's called. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like I'm, my I'm... dream job. You should do it then. Yeah. Actually, well, former, I don't drink anymore either. Oh, would, okay. would have been my dream job. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I wonder Very if they cool. can drink too much on the job absolutely i mean i know those distributors who come in they're like so we got some beers wanted to do a tasting and they're yeah. like four beers in deep by the time they leave so nice. yeah i'm not yeah. saying any names though yeah, <laughs> yeah be like, and then off to the next stop to do it again exactly right <laughs> you know that's uh that's interesting um yeah cam cam stopped drinking recently because uh, a little bit of a health scare mm. and uh um, announce it You've already announced it. Know, You've announced it on the podcast. I'm just trying to share it with her. Okay. So I mean, if, yeah, if you want to share, actually being a vibrational I don't share. medicine. Okay. I don't share. No worries. An hour into the podcast, he'll end up sharing about it. <laughs> it's usually maybe, how it works. maybe usually how it works. But I don't know her yet. So. Yeah, you gotta loosen them up. You yeah. gotta loosen them up. Um, we're all, right, we're we'll all feeling each other's energies out right now. <laughs> we're all good. Okay. We'll move on. Um, yeah. So uh, Kelsey actually has some experience <clears throat> with a little bit of that stuff not doing it but um uh, having it, it done on me yeah yes. i've done. had reiki done i've sat down and done like you know the sound healing with the tibetan bowls and um i believe it's called the didgeridoo didgeridoo yeah. didgeridoo. didgeridoo that was wow. insane that was so my mom she um <clears throat> i kind of already told you she's a hypnotherapist and she was doing the um work with these um vets 
Marines, and um, she would do this these retreats, like healing retreats, at this place up in Sebastian called Kashi. Yes, I love Kashi yes. so much. Okay, yeah, okay, so we're on the same page. Um, I want to take him there, but That's she that. used to do like a bunch of retreats, and then she kind of just stopped for a while. Um, cause she, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what happened, but I've gone up just like not during the retreats, and I've had a great time. All the people up there are so special. Mm-hmm. They really love everyone for who they are truly. And like you, you've picked that up the moment you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Their, um, their land is so sacred too. Mm-hmm. You can palpably feel the energetic shift once you arrive. Oh yeah. I did my first yoga ever session there in the walking labyrinth on a full moon and it was magical. Mm-hmm. It was, Aww. we went there for Diwali and it was, it was so awesome. Diwali's my favorite, one of my favorite religious holidays to celebrate. Yeah, I want to go to India and celebrate it. That what is really Diwali? Cool. It's the Festival of Lights. I heard about it in that mm-hmm. office, the episode in the office, when Michael <laughs> yeah. Scott was singing, so much fun to celebrate Diwali. <laughs> <laughs> I love that people, episode, too. Yeah, yeah. People know about it. Yeah. <laughs> I do know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so the Festival of Lights. Uh, you just have like a bunch of lights all around while you're well meditating? you do like during the day we did a bunch of activities that they would typically do in that night like shot off fireworks put our candles into the um ganda Gan- ganja yeah ganga, ganga? Uh-huh. isn't it called a ganga? ganga the lake right it's indian word for lake i think or water you can um, say lake. it's been a minute i haven't been there in like two years which i need to go back but um yeah you would kind of just put your prayer or whatever into like a um candle and then just let let it go out and drift but during the day we did like we had these bright sands like in all different colors and we did at like arts and crafts kind of how i would explain it um i don't exactly remember everything it was a while ago but we did like these pictures with the sand and the glue and we had to like make something and then like did it in stone where they would light the fires later and i don't know it was, it was really cool I celebrate with my kids every year. It's actually, again, one of my favorite holidays to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And um, the way we celebrate is definitely with candles. We light a fire. um, We open all the windows, all the doors. We call in the light and we, you know, reflect with the fact that that's all we really are at the end of the day Mm -hmm. is a dance of density and light. And um, it's a really beautiful practice, especially um, just in remembrance of that pure nature of ourselves that, you know, we can just hold space in our electrical selves yeah, and just say that is really our frequency is just light. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds it's like a, what you just said there it sounds like a George R. R. Martin title of like a novel, like the density of dance and light or something. I don't know. It sounds it's, oh it's, no it was yeah. beautiful is it's that beautiful. a book <laughs> no it sounds like it could be a book written oh okay by him. i don't know the yeah. dance of people the out dens- there will get it density of light yeah dance of density and light yeah <laughs> all the game of thrones books yeah. are written by him oh wow okay i didn't read i don't read a lot of books to be honest okay. i didn't um, either but i saw the series <laughs> okay gotcha gotcha yeah. i don't know that much about the books but I saw the series so <laughs> yeah and all the books were titled like that the dancing of the wolves or something Dances of the Wolves. That's kind of a famous one. Yeah, I like that. That's a good movie. Oh, that, yeah. that is a movie, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Starring the best actor ever, Kevin Costner. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you guys ever go to... Um, no, never mind. Sorry, that's Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Chimney Did, Rock in North Carolina, oh, okay. where they jump off. I take my kids there like every summer. It's with summer. the waterfall? Yeah. Oh, wow. Dude, that's a good movie, man. So good. Every yeah. year, I sneak like... 
I'm really wild, you guys. Like I mm. earth all yeah. the time. I'm always barefoot. So when I take these large hikes with my kids, I love going to the forest and like taking the less, you know, traveled path with them. I mm. always take them off the actual path of these hikes. And um, this particular waterfall is called Hickory Nut Falls and it's at Chimney Rock. Well, you can climb over some of the boulders and actually stand underneath this huge, powerful waterfall and feel its force on your body. And it's like a wow. massage. It's amazing. Um, but if you slip, then guess what? You're pretty much dead and it's a oh, really yeah. big fall. So, but every year I crawl the boulders and I sit and I do this waterfall meditation and yeah. all these people are watching, taking pictures, like who's this crazy girl, <laughs> like doing this waterfall rinse, you know, and I encourage people, I'm like, come on, it's safe, you know? Yeah. But it's not that safe. Just don't slip. Yeah. Just don't slip. <laughs> Yeah, don't mind her. She's in the fifth dimension, you know. I am. And honestly, it's not my dharma to die that way. Okay. I know that for a fact. What's, so what's I'm dharma? Good. Sorry. Dharma has to do... Dharma is different than karma, first of all. I never understood yeah. the difference. I think I've even Googled it and I still don't understand the difference. So someone's dharma, basically, it's just a word or a definitive, you know, energy that correlates with someone's life path. It's somebody's soul contract on this planet oh. in this earth at this time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do believe in past lives. I've actually experienced multiple lifetimes before in this lifetime, which has helped me transcend so much and grow on such a deep and intimate level within myself. Because of that, I've been able to align more with my current present dharma which is my current trajectory or life path that i am supposed to mm. you know kind of unveil throughout so my lifetime one, inf one informs the other like so karma is something that we agree to participate in okay. or um, create or destroy karma is a really good conduit for growth actually um if you're willing to grow that's the secret we, we had on that's the big secret a lot of people don't realize yes <laughs> We've, we've talked about karma on here before, and like we've just talked about who judges karma, though. Is it yourself, or is it a, a god, a deity? Kali? He says that because we had a previous discussion about like we like don't know. reincarnation. So. Mm -hmm. And from what I had listened to of um, just some guy who's really studied it, I guess, and uh, he said that it's based off of your karma. Or maybe he said dharma, now that I'm, I'm hearing that. It's based off of your karma to which uh, reincarnation you get. Because I guess there's like seven different levels of reincarnation where you go the higher ups or like almost like the enlightened and the demigod and where the lower levels is uh, like animals and plant figures and single cell organisms. And all that stuff has consciousness i think or i don't know i get really confused when it comes to that stuff but that's what he was trying to say he's like well who bases that karma who, who who's tells judging you? the karma is it yourself or is it a, a higher other being like a deity so i honestly think that's super subjective because it depends what your belief structures are and okay. my personal belief structure or opinion um i don't fall suit to what i lovingly coin and call as spiritual prostitution Anything that boxes us in or labels us or restricts us or defines us without taking into full consideration the limitlessness and expansiveness that we truly are mm -hmm. is marketing. 
It's mm. a way to make money. It's a way to attach to, um, you know, it's a way to attach something to something else and project it in a really nice package. Mm. And we like really nice packages as humans. Like you give someone a present, we're like, oh my gosh, look at the bow. It's so pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. Until Especially. it's open though. And then it's open and mm-hmm. then you have a choice, right? You're like, okay, well, actually, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Or it could be like, this is better than expected. Or you could be neutral about it either way. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> in regards to karma, karma is completely your responsibility. It is completely up to your soul's journey to process through. You don't have to. You don't even have to look at your shit in this lifetime if you don't want to. You will suffer greatly. I guarantee you. I see it every day, all day with what I do for, you know, a living. Um, But it's totally up to you. And there is no true right or true wrong. Would you say it comes from guilt then? Because sometimes you do something and you know you got away with it, but you still feel guilty afterwards. Is that your own? Is that like a sort of karma? Like... You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't look at karma, but you feel guilt, maybe you're avoiding karma, but it's always there. It's always present. So I think guilt and shame kind of go hand in hand. And I think guilt is an easier way to describe how someone might feel when actually shame is the root. And we feel shameful about things when we aren't in divine alignment with our earth assignment that's the way i feel about it so when your head and your heart are not connected you cannot speak properly from your authentic self when you're not existing in your authentic self you feel shameful about most everything you're doing because you're not in a pure reflection of your highest consciousness Mm -hmm. so that's where the guiltiness kind of comes in every day when you choose something that you know vibrationally speaking does not work for you anymore and you can see the fuckery that you're going through you know over and over in the cyclic nature Mm -hmm. of what the dissonance is within your soul that's where the guilt comes in but the shame is i don't have the courage to make the changes necessary or you know gosh i really wish like i could change my life but i'm really fucking lazy and i don't want to do the courageous path of what you know it's going to take for me in order to do this taking ownership yeah. what does the path look like and trying to connect your mind to your heart Ooh, i like that question thank you for asking um again i can only relate to how i feel about it yeah your own um, experience of yes it. so back in 2018 um i decided like something's got to give. I kept hearing the messages, kept feeling these downloads being received upon me. And I always knew I was different. Like since I was earliest conception, earliest memory, since two or three years old, Mm -hmm. I would go to like up to complete strangers and just hug them and try to heal them. And like, Hmm. I was just completely vulnerably loving all the time. I was resonating deeply within my most vulnerable self as most children are, unless they're taught fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so long story short, I realized I was (laughs) actually super participating in that coin term I just said, which is spiritual prostitution. I was not aligned at all. I was exhibiting behaviors that were not aligned with my soul contracts or my spiritual self Mm. and what I knew I was supposed to do on this planet in this lifetime. So I had to put on my big girl pants 
and I had to sit there and look at all my shit, look at it deeply. I mean, I spent three days in the fetal position in my living room, crying, wailing, um, primal screaming in the forest, every chance I could get Mm. to free up some of the energy that I had allowed to keep me in a dense position on this planet. Mm-hmm. I was not vibrating as my light body. And so I had to be honest about that. All the places I held myself hostage, all the places I sabotaged my own light due to my belief structures, due to victim mentalities, due to places that I didn't want to level up and look at myself fully and ownership. And when I did that, I understood what it felt like to really feel my heart deeply I saw my connection with everything, with all of life. And I was able to then trust and connect fully to the divine or the creator or whatever you want to call it, the God that was existing within me and flowing through me and available for me at every single moment. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what it looked like. That's a lot. So you, that's almost, was it, was it like a wave of clarity coming over you after those three days almost or was it a like a after those three days of kind of getting it all out um you have like one step and then you know you go into the forest and do that thing and then it's like another step closer when does that wave of clarity it's like oh i see where the alignment is like so I, I wish guess, it was that simple. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to really <laughs> simplify it, I guess. Yeah, so the sim- simplification of it is this. I'm not done. Okay. I still have multifaceted layers to go through. There you, is no end result here, just like there is no beginning. Will you ever be done, though? Like I, don't be- I hope not. I hope not. I mean, I want to reinvent the wheel, yeah. per se, as many times as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to get to a place in my life where I say, I know for sure. Because you can never retire this, right? You know, It's just that's not life. Yeah. Everything is energy and energy is flowing and changing and evolving all the time. And that's mm. science. That's not spirituality. So I just don't want to get to a space where I get so crotchety and so rooted that I am like some kind of guru or something. And I'm like, okay, this is the way and this is how you do it. There is no way. Mm. You are your own way. There is no other way than you and where you choose to go and who you choose to be. And I feel like more people need to be taught that in elementary school, actually. Mm. That's interesting. In elementary school. Yeah. That's so interesting. When our consciousness is still attached to our heart. So you think that should be like a part of the curriculum? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What would that look like? Like, do you think like a meditation hour for like instead of nap time? Yeah. So meditation is a great conduit to get into your fourth dimension, yeah. into your spiritual body. Um, it's a great way to learn how to control breath. It's a great way to really tap into some of the cooler energies that are existing all around us and expand our intuition. So meditation would not be great for that. Um, for those reasons, but in regards to children, so before the age of seven, children are fully immersed in the connection with their higher being, their creative consciousness, mm-hmm. as I call it. 
That's why you see a child. They're in pure joy. They're jumping. They're laughing. Mm -hmm. They are in the highest form of vibration on the planet, which most mm -hmm. people think is love. It is not love. It is joy. Joy is the highest form of enlightenment that a human being can experience. And if you watch a child, they exist there quite regularly. Yeah. They also exist in a space of dissonance in order to understand how to transfer back to joy. And so we adults, we humans, we go in, we say, stop jumping on the bed. You know, and the yeah. kid's like laughing and he's like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so good. And we're the ones that have lost track and lost connection with our own joy. So mm -hmm. joy is so frictiony to us. It's so like um, complicated to us that when we see it, we can't even recognize it anymore. So I feel like the more we are able to support the children of okay. our planet's joy structure and reflect that with them, the more they will be able to become adults who are following their own joy processes. Hmm. They say kids are very, the, the innocence of kids like that. And uh, I could see the seven, seven year age becoming a thing. There was a story I heard of uh, a, lady's, a lady's kid just randomly looking at her one time and going, uh, I died in a car crash. And then like moved on, just walked away mm -hmm. after he said that. And uh, maybe it was some of it, that past life of that kid's memory coming to surface for a second and then kind of going away. Like that whole kids are connected to that higher thing almost immediately until the adult or the authority figure almost forces that separation. But what do you think it is that breaks the joy? Like, do you think it's trauma, suffering? Because, like, at some point, kids experience that and they don't have joy. They learn that innocency is not really... Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, kind of your pureness gets a little impure. Um, and also, like, you see how the world, like, can break you down, break your spirits down. I think I lost my innocence when I stole my first pack of Marlboros from my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or not innocence, but you realize not everyone is good. Not everyone has good intentions, you know? And I think when you're a kid, you don't see that. So I actually disagree with a large majority Whoa. of what you just said. <laughs> well, I, I just was asking, like, do you think that's what, you know? Because at some point, someone's not going to experience joy. You know so, what I mean? And kids don't always experience joy. They get really high highs and really low lows some, most of the time. So I think actually most of the time there is always goodness. Mm -hmm. I don't think the world is split into a dualistic reality of what we have agreed it to become. And I also think suffering and trauma is very subjective. Um, and this is one thing I try to kind of reform with my clientele as well. So if the worst trauma you've ever gone through in your entire life is, let's say you broke a fingernail. And that's the worst of the worst that you've truly ever been through. And the rest of your life has been rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another person, the worst thing that they've ever been through is think the most horrific thing you've ever seen. Yeah. It is the same energetically. Yeah. Trauma, yeah. there is no measurement. Just like you can't measure love. Mm -mm. You can't measure joy. You can't measure suffering or trauma. There is no spectrum of yeah. what is greater or lesser. And I think if we can see each other like that and truly embody that understanding of humanity as a whole, we can come more into a unity within each other instead of 
repeating these belief structures of, well, I'm a victim or I suffered greatly or yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. I agree. That's I what I meant to... when I disagreed. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just wondering how, I guess, how you thought about that. Cause I feel like a lot of people, another reason when, when you were talking about karma, like don't change because they're trapped in that trauma loop. They view themselves as, as That's the victims. very real. There yeah. is trauma. Loops. Some people never snap out of it. They can be like 55 and they, their inner child is still like, you know, knocking on the front door. Like I never got healed, you know, mm-hmm. and that causes people to not act and be in line with their true self. When you meet people like that, you being someone who's more connected and that someone might come ask for help, what, what would be the first recommendation that you would say you need to sit in silence and ask yourself what's bothering you the most maybe, or what, what would your, what would you say to that person? So, I mean, It's really interesting because I don't really say much to people who come to me for help because I don't feel like I am in a position where I'm going to be choosing to help anybody. I feel like I'm more in a position to simply help those individuals help themselves. Like, I don't feel like I'm the healer. I don't feel like I'm the teacher. I don't feel like I'm the helper. So when they come to me, It's always the inner work and I help guide them through that through freeing their physical body of its density so that they can experience that imaginative, intuitive magic of connection with their highest self again. You you were saying uh, before that you were saying like how you know there's no measurement for trauma mm-hmm. like you know like there could be a person in a third world country who's starving you mm-hmm. know and has certain traumas maybe they've seen you know genocide or something and then you come to the first world country and people call it oh first world problems haha you know and but it's is it the same like uh you know internally it could be you know the same type of struggle like let's say uh, a woman you know in America who's rich she doesn't get a car for her sixteenth birthday and she's devastated by that. And she might feel just as traumatized as somebody across the world who's witnessed slaughter of her village or something. I know that is a really hard concept for so many people to grasp. But yes, the short answer is yes. Is yes. And the reason why is because, again, we like to think we're so different. We're not. We are the same exact beings. We are the same exact, uh, you know, family, the human family. Mm-hmm. So the the vibrational patterns and pathways that hook onto our cellular structure resonates as the same levels of trauma, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I was a vegan a long time ago, and I'm not a participating vegan anymore for a lot of reasons. But the first and foremost reason is Bacon. now, <laughs> bacon, yeah. Um, I resonate more as a gratitarian. And people are like, well, what's that? And I'm like, I'm just really grateful I get to participate in eating food regularly. And they're like, oh. Yeah. And so when they did those studies, I'm not sure if any of you had heard about them or read about them, but where they took plants and vegetables and fruits and they picked them and they ate them and they measured on a pain scale if plants feel pain and the answer was absolutely undoubtedly yes plants Mm -hmm. feel pain the only difference is and why we have chosen to be like i'm a vegan to help save the animals is because animals make noise yeah you know and the human um you know emotional body we can only take so much you know, Mm -hmm. noise and friction and stuff. So when we hear an animal squealing or, you know, 
being murdered, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, it can trigger us to feel very discontent within ourselves. Hmm. But when I found out that plants feel pain, now all I do is I give gratitude for all the food, all the life, the mm-hmm. asparagus, the broccoli, the apple. Like, thank you for sharing your life with yeah. me. Because guess what? Eventually, my life is going to be your life too. Do you know what changed me on that? I kind of agree with you because, you know, you watch Veggie Tales and you're like, how, how, <laughs> how can you eat some broccoli after watching Veggie Tales? Oh, you know, boy. You <laughs> That's a Christian children's show right yeah, there. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> veggie Tales. Veggie Tales. Isn't that the theme song or something? How does it go? I don't, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I would have no idea. <laughs> but I can see, I know all the words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've we've had this uh, discussion going on between the two of us, saying like, because you had just mentioned that plants feel pain, and uh, just the two. There's of us. another study out there that mentions that plants or trees rather communicate with each other. When they they studied like a caterpillar eating the leaves off a tree, and oh, then yeah. the trees around it secreting a hormone that wants that caterpillar. That caterpillar has distaste for those trees now around that tree. So the tree almost protects the other trees around it. So is that like a form of consciousness that the trees have? Because we had a thought that's like our consciousness and our soul and a human, how far does that travel? Doesn't does, When you look at a dog and you communicate with a dog, it seems like they have a consciousness and some kind of soul because you can almost – you feel each other's energy the dog reads your energy and so on but when you go to like an ant an ant doesn't know how to read your energy you don't know how to pick up does an ant even have consciousness like i guess those are questions that can really never be answered what's your feeling on that so what is consciousness yeah what is a soul i mean who created what a soul was have you ever seen a soul have you ever experienced a soul located exactly right (laughs) so when i speak of soul i just speak of it in the form of like you know this unlimited energy and are you guys familiar with like james webb and the uh beautiful telescope that he just created yeah Yeah. okay so james webb is a a really cool guy and he created Um, Yes, exactly right. And so he created the, you know, the precipice beyond the Hubble. Mm -hmm. And I'm a really big fan. I like watching a lot of the stuff that they're, you know, showing about what they're finding out in the galaxy. And that's a whole nother thing. I love space. Hawaiians do not like that guy. Probably. I mean, (laughs) Hawaiians, uh, true indigenous Hawaiian people, like they don't like anybody (laughs) who's going to pillage their land. Yeah. Um, But. So he, they just released anyway, which is very mind blowing. And honestly, I cried when I heard it. They just released that, you know how like in science and school, we were taught that the galaxy, the planet, yes. the whatever the is 3.7 trillion years old or something. Okay. Like our space from what we know is 3.7 trillion yeah. or something I've heard number that. like that. Yeah. Okay. So this telescope says that there is actually no beginning i love that we yeah because i think the universe is what is you know i think it's because it's always existed so if let's just be here for a second if there is no beginning then what else is there not an end exactly right there's no end winner winner (laughs) so yes and how incredibly heartwarming is that to know I mean, it's equally terrifying if you're not ready to swallow that pill, Mm -hmm. but 
If there is no beginning, there is no end. So what is a soul? We are just literal energy. Yeah. And why are we so scared then? Almost like a soul is just made up word. Like it's an easy soul concept is, is for it, people to yes, get. Yeah, exactly. Well, all words are. It's right? like spiritual prostitution, just calling it a soul. <laughs> yes, sure. Well, so if we're of, capitalizing it's, it's on it. Yes. <laughs> um, getting back to the spiritual prostitution, though, I uh, when you had said that, I think about like I think about people who are really into that the spiritual uh studying of let's say reincarnation or anything in, in particular that you want to put that on but uh don't you maybe it's a little bit more of them trying to like dumb it down for the person who doesn't have as much experience or knowledge in that field as them could what? that be mistaken as like spiritual prostitution like trying to put labels on it or categorizing things but simply just trying to like translate what they are feeling or what their energy is perceiving it to be in a way that's easy uh, easy to digest for the common folk like me so i let me clarify my definition of what spiritual pro uh, prostitution is so i am all about sharing information mm -hmm. i am about anybody any day wants to do yoga wants to do reiki wants to do all of these you know crystal classes whatever the more information the better and truth be told 20 years ago when i started on this journey there was no information about any of this stuff we're talking about today. This is like honestly a way evolved version of the planet right now in regards to the new age community. Mm -hmm. What I mean by spiritual prostitution is this. I'm just so tired of individuals, instructors, teachers, um, any sort of person who says to another person, come to me. I will do this, 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 and for you for this amount of money. Uh, yeah. Like Joel Osteen? Sh well, sure. Well, I didn't mean to call him out, but just that type of... Anybody who know. leads you away from yourself, truly, yeah. is a spiritual prostitute. Anybody who is re-engaging and aligning you, helping you align, realign with your own divinity, is not a spiritual prostitute. And the second thing with that is I don't charge for the vibrational work I do. Uh. Pablo Picasso said it best, find your gift, give it away. Did, all of us are capable to do all the work that I, I he, do. I think he sold his paintings for a lot of money though, right? Pablo Picasso. I'm pretty sure he made zero money until oh, really? after he died. Yeah, oh. Picasso was... Well, that was it. And that's what we got recorded. And I really hope that you really enjoyed that episode enough for Erica to come back on and have another experience like we had today um i'm not i don't regret doing the podcast obviously i just regret not being able to give you the rest of that podcast we went on for a whole nother hour to clarify all of the things that we had previously brought up a podcast is a place to where you should be able to freely express your opinion and not be cut off in the middle of it so i'm deeply sorry to everybody who listened and once more but you will get more. And I'm deeply sorry to Erica, who has expressed herself and given us so much information and answers to all the dumb questions me and Cam had for her. But I'm very sorry that she sounds incomplete. I just can't express that enough. It is incomplete and it bugs me. But it was so good that I want to still release what we got. So now, as usual... Enjoy the outro song.
Don't love me anymore. 